Sup, y'all. Sup, y'all. Welcome to another chaotic episode of We Don't Know Her. And I'm your melancholy host, Katie. If you can't tell by her <laughs> melancholy tone. And I'm Christy, your resident class clown. Oh, I don't know. wow. Okay. We're going to try to keep it light. Um... We have to laugh so we don't cry, as we all as we often say. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week we are talking about it's a wellness check in for us, for you. We need it, and we assume that this isn't the reason that this is not just us talking about our sorrows to you. Is that we have a feeling? I have a feeling a lot of it is impacted by what's going on in with the planets what's going on with the vibrancy vibrancy the frequency oh i like vibrancy though okay yeah maybe that was intent I, whatever my listen guys who knows my brain's doing its own thing right now so whatever i say <laughs> i cannot be held responsible for um yeah it's not like a me thing or a you thing per se like yes there are things going on in our lives that we will talk about but it feels like they're being magnified by something bigger than us and we've seen a lot of people talking about the same thing so it, it I feel like y'all will most likely relate we hope so because otherwise this is just going to be yes we're going to need you to check in on us right and that's it you know if you guys are good out there great but we're we're not <laughs> right now so we need to be checked on please um yeah, yeah so we're just going to kind of word vomit all over the place today we wanted to touch on the retrograde just mm-hmm. because there are six planets currently that are in retrograde, mm-hmm. that seems like a high number. And listen, I know that there are naysayers out there. Like, I think it's almost just as popular to embrace planets in retrograde as it is to shit on it. Yeah. And, you know, my defense mechanism always being, I'm going to make fun of myself before you can make fun of me. I get it. I know. I know. It just, it sounds silly. However, I did do a little bit of research just because I'm somebody who I don't just blindly believe in things, but I do, I can see value in them, even if I don't know a lot about it. Yeah. So I felt like if we were going to talk about it today, I was just going to do a little bit of backstory and just kind of see, at least sound kind of like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. No. And I, I think it's, honestly, it's one of those things where it's a lot of information to digest what each planet contributes, how it contributes to you based off of your sign, based off your chart in general, not just your sun sign, but all of them. Um, and so it's not to say that there definitely is a connotation of retrograde being negative. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It simply is just that a planet appears to be going backwards from where we are, but it's not. But however, it does affect some things. So, um, I think it's good that you're going to kind of give a little brief rundown of it because I am not in a mental state to to do anything. If you were to tell me to name three planets right now, I'd be like, I rock, water. Um, and fuck yourself. And fu- <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. You guys, um, if you could even have witnessed just what has transpired to get to this recording yeah. today, it's... Um, it is comical. I mean, it's just like, what the fuck? And it's not even, honestly, we can't complain and be like, oh, we had technical difficulties like we usually do. I'm like, oh, the retrograde. No, that's actually not what just happened. Us. Uh, just us. Just us crying, 
um, wanting to not do anything and want everything our way. And um, it's that's how it's affecting us, kind of like an emotional Like an, adult, an adult temper tantrum. Very much so. And you know what? I'm old enough to know when I'm having one. And sometimes it's okay to let yourself have one. Yeah. Because I think the more you deprive yourself, the more uptight you are you have to I used to say that when I nannied I'd be like go do it it go yeah go have I don't want to be around it and I'm not going to listen to it um but by all means go go do that and get that out of your system Mm -hmm. and that's how I feel right now and I've been telling everyone openly like I'm I'm miserable do you remember I I nannied a little girl who used to introduce herself that way she would say I'm blank and I'm miserable (laughs) which woman did that um Phoebe oh my god Phoebe she looked like a tiny a tiny Dana Carvey she did oh my gosh <laughs> love her uh, um, yeah that's me I'm Katie and I'm miserable so well here we are so yes. we're gonna try to get you know I think the more we start talking about our woes maybe it'll be therapeutic and by the end we'll be joyful who that's, knows that's what we hope for so yes with the planets in retrograde I'm not an astrologer I don't I don't try to act like one but basically like I had no idea really what it meant either. I kind of was one of those people that lumped it into not a negative connotation, but just like, oh, some shit's going to get fucked up in any way. Mm -hmm. But basically what I've learned is that, like you said, the retrograde, it's just the apparent change in movement. It's not necessarily that they are moving backwards. They just look that way. Um, And I also learned that different planets have different levels of impact based on whether they are considered inner or outer planets so the inner planets just mean that they're closer to the sun and the sun is kind of what gives us life on earth Mm -hmm. so there's going to be you know a transpiring of energy transported so with the inner planets I think that they um from what I understand they have a bigger impact than the outer ones because of how close they are right which makes sense you think about like a magnet or whatever like the closer you are the the stronger the pull Mm -hmm. so with that being said i think most of the planets that are in retrograde right now are outer planets so i think that it's a it's just like a really easy thing to become clickbaity to be like oh my god there's six planets in retrograde like everyone gird your loins Mm -hmm. and hunker down but ultimately it's really not that bad it's it's just a thing that's happening and some of them you know we're going to feel the effects slower more drawn out with the outer planets than we are with the inner and with the inner planets their retrogrades I believe they it's a shorter time period that they are in that motion like it, it it happens like in a couple of months whereas like the outer planets retrograde can be like several months do you know what I mean right and I know that it's I believe it's less frequent it's more frequent the closer like more frequent right. in how often they they yeah. retrograde and um and then less frequent but I do know that I think what it's Mars is one of them right now and Mars typically I th- I could be totally wrong let me you know let me- Mars is an inner um I'm just gonna give a list of which ones are in retrograde I yeah but I and I here's the thing I'm gonna in case people are screaming at us right now I know that it's not proper to say in retrograde because it would mm. be in backwards I understand and people are like it's just retrograde I know I know but it's a verbal crutch and it's really hard to not say it so just let me say it anyways so the ones that are retrograde right now um we have Jupiter retrograde as of July 28th until the end of November and that's associated with luck fortune expansion um, it can prompt a lot of self-reflection philosophizing and nudges you to see the big picture when it's in when it is retrograde 
Uh, that happens once a year, and it happens for about four months or 120 days. Um, the next one is Saturn. Uh, and as I know people know that Saturn has a lot to do with you may have heard like Saturn return, which happens every 28 years. But so Saturn is return is retrograde from June 4th until October 23rd. It's a slightly difficult planet. Saturn governs all things related to structure and discipline um, and personal growth again as well. And that's going to happen for a little bit over four months. Uh, Uranus, as in your butthole, no, mm-hmm. um, is in is retrograde is wow long time mm-hmm. wow it's been retrograde since august of last year until january and then went retrograde again the end of this august until january so that's i didn't realize how long that lasted and it says that it could be rebellious free spirit energy that creates unexpected shakeups. um and i'm pulling my information from pop sugar i'm not like <laughs> pulling my own information here uh the next one is neptune and that is from the end of June this year until Ricky's birthday, December 4th. It says to, it rules our dreams and our ideals. It is uh, not too dramatic. And it's just kind of like to look at your dreams and creativity. Pluto also in retrograde from April until we're coming up on the end. That will end October 8th. And uh, this one carries a heavy weight of governing death, rebirth, transformation, when it's retrograde, it asks you to challenge you to check in and address any toxic, negative, or self-destructive behaviors or beliefs. Uh, so, and that happens once a year and can last for about five or six months. So, and then Mercury, of course. Right. And uh, Mercury is, let me see here, which dates Mercury's at the top? Mercury rec- goes retrograde often, so that's why it's probably the most known, made exactly, fun of. And because it's it influences uh, technology and contracts, and that's something that the whole world values more than maybe and, like dreams or self-reflection and communication too. Like right. if there's like a miscommunication, it's it can happen during Mercury. Right. So basically, um, as we, like we just said, yeah, it really it really affects communication, um, travel, technology, contracts, those types of things. Uh, a lot of times they say like if you anything that you begin while Mercury is retrograde, it may not work out necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those dates were January 14th to February 3rd, May 10th to June 3rd, September 10th to October 2nd. So we're in the thick of it. And then December 29th to January 18th of next year. So um, we only get like a, a little break. We get like two, three months in between each one where it seems like things are going pretty smoothly. And uh, well, and the only one that's an inner planet out of all of the ones that we are retrograde right now is is Mercury. So, you know, that being said, there could be a sense of comfort because it happens so often and we experience it so often that. Right you know, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, But the other thing is just to kind of keep in mind, which I pulled from the account Moon Omens, which is something it's a I follow it on Instagram, but they have a website too. But basically any planet that goes retrograde and that period of time is a phase of revision and reset, a lot of reconstruction, readjusting. So it's a lot of reevaluating yourself, your relationships, everything about your life, pretty much, which you know, in this particular time with Katie and I both being unwell, mm-hmm. um, you know, who's to say what is being caused because there's just so much going on cosmically and personally. So I think at the end of the day, I mean, one of the things I was going to do, but I didn't get a chance to was to 
look at all the planets that are currently retrograde and see where they fall on my birth chart. Mm -hmm. So for anyone out there who is familiar with their own birth chart or just birth charts in general, it can kind of highlight and maybe make some correlations if you're feeling stuck or frustrated somewhere to see if like maybe it is contributing to that if you look in your own personal chart. So I have yet to do that, but I won't be surprised if I find a lot of things. Well, and here's the thing too, is that they also, uh, depending on what planet is in, falls in what house in, in your chart, it really determines uh, how that impacts you. So let's say that, oh, all right, I'm going to try really hard right now. Um, I know like so much about astrology and yet can very little, like really not explain uh, it's much. so much. Oh, I can't. <laughs> okay. Cut this. Okay. Cut it. <laughs> okay. I'll do it live. <laughs> um, so, I said burn it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so with all of that being said, I think it's probably time. It's a good time to dive into our sorrows, what's going on with us. I mean, I don't want to just label them as sorrows because they're, for me... I know that you said that you're feeling kind of more on like a bigger level. Mine is feeling very personal, a lot of stewing on my own life and things like that because there's a lot of changes that are going on, beginnings and endings of things. So, you know, we're trying to just stay grounded and do a healthy amount of distracting and a healthy amount of reflecting, but we're still in the beginning stages. So, I mean... This could be an emotional roller coaster. I don't know where it's going to take me today. I haven't really talked about it in depth. Well, so. I mean, you just do it. Take it away. It <laughs> reminded me of that part in Bridesmaids when Kristen Wake orders the liquor on the plane and she's like sipping it and like the girl next to her is like, you just got to toss it back. Yes. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to just explain it and let people know. Can't be vague. Tell them, what it, tell them what's happening. Well, okay. We're going to try to keep this concise. Basically, what's happening right now in my life is I'm going to just reveal the secret project right off the bat. Okay. I think that we're I think we're in a safe spot right now to do Knock that. Knock on wood, cancel clear. Yeah, we're in a safer spot than we were maybe last week. Yeah. But either way, um, I'm currently in the process of purchasing a home and, um, you know, we are doing the things. We're really in it. We are we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So we have that happening in the next couple of months where we're going to settle and then I'm going to be moving in and now that's a big deal for a lot of reasons um I'm sure I've talked about it on here I mean behind closed doors Katie and I have been in this together it's been a a long road um and I'm sure anyone else out there understands if you're in the same position but basically it's it's going to be an emotional experience for me I've lived in my apartment now for almost five years there's a lot attached to it I have a lot of memories there And just what it represents in my life when I moved into that apartment is just very meaningful. Yeah. And now with that, um, I'm also kind of coming to terms with the change of the season and like the pattern in my life of how things have been going. And to that, it's really just the other side of what's going on in my life is the ending of dating a person so it wasn't serious but it was a situationship yeah I guess you could call it that um it was you know I was seeing somebody for a few months and it just recently I guess ended it just sounds so morbid like it's not it wasn't on bad terms or anything like that but I discontinued it yeah I I made the decision to 
um, speak about how I felt and I'll kind of get into it a little bit more, but it was three months and it lasted the entire summer. So like with the ending of the summer, the timing of it all is all very um, interesting, I guess. Mm -hmm. But going back to the pattern of my life is like, I tend to either get into relationships or end relationships in June. It's usually always in the very beginning of summer. And then I'm usually making some big life changes in fall, like in November. I moved into my apartment now in fall. So it's all just, it's just something that I realize now. So it's, it is very new in like the development of my thoughts, but it's just an interesting pattern that I've noticed that I'm, I have, I don't know, I don't have any meaning towards it yet. It's just like, clearly something happens within me in the summer and in the fall specifically well yeah and I mean your birthday is in July so it could be something happens where in June you start sensing that for you it's a year out like it's another year um and with the season changing it does especially living where we live there is I know some places there's not a drastic change and for us it's probably the most that's hard to say yeah um it's a very drastic change though it goes from being extraordinarily hot to suddenly beautiful for about three weeks and then it's freezing so and just everyone's like mindset in the summer yeah it changes the vibe around here we become very um like hocus pocus vibe situation and um it definitely you see the leaves falling and stuff which i think actually affects your brain you know what i mean because some places the scenery doesn't change and i think that actually really affects um our cognizance of it being a season mm-hmm. over for me I'm delighted um there's no oh, time I'm sure. happier I love I mean I love the changing of the seasons literally the changing of the seasons metaphorically are a little bit more challenging and right they that's usually when I find myself in you know these types of mindsets where I'm like all over the place I have I don't even know where I would start talking about how I feel um but that's basically like what's going on and it's just a lot at once. It's like a lot of changes at once. And, you know, when any any time that that happens for anyone, it can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. But the difference now is I think that I I feel it and I'm aware of it. So I am, like I said previously, like giving myself a healthy amount of distraction and turning my mind off, not stewing on everything for so long and then taking some time to like really think about what this all means for me you know looking at the patterns of my relationships but then looking at the bigger picture it can all be very confusing and it all also comes back to making decisions for myself and how difficult that can be you know wanting to be better and different but then also how do you know like how how do you know when you're making the right decision for yourself when You've been through trauma and you don't want to live out of fear, but then you think about, you know, the fate of your life and the bigger lessons and all of that. So it's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. It is. Uh, I think that it's not also to be overlooked that maybe something, although something in your life is ending, there's also like literally as one thing is closing, although it's not the same type of door, another door is opening. So it's like, There's definitely things to mourn and process, but there's also a place to put a bunch of like hope and possibility and like daydreaming. And um, I think the universe knows what it's doing and it's timing of that and making sure that like, you know, if you if your offer hadn't got accepted and this ended at the same, you know, things would be things would be 
bleak on top of the retrograde like we don't need that um and you were lucky enough to go under contract before mercury yeah. went retrograde I yeah make like that clear. i slid in just in the nick of time honestly it was mm-hmm. like a couple maybe a week but mm-hmm. um well that's the thing too is like when i am thinking about this i have been able to allow myself to trust the universe more and so when i think about myself making the decision to discontinue this situationship of course there's the confusion like did I prematurely discontinue it like should I have held out a little bit longer just to see what would happen all of those technicalities but then I also think about you know trying to practice what I preach putting my trust in the universe obviously I like my higher wisdom or whatever you want to call it chose to have me say that in that moment because I remember when I said it I didn't even say like this is over we were in the middle of a conversation and we've had multiple conversations throughout hanging out of checking in with each other seeing where we are um that kind of thing so in the middle of the conversation it was just kind of like he had expressed his capabilities in this situationship and I had kind of asked him a couple questions first about, you know, if there's any possibility to close the gap a little bit, because just to give a little context, it just felt like there was a slight imbalance in the communication, maybe the effort, the initiation of hanging out where I was doing a little bit more. And he was even able to acknowledge that. So by asking him if there was any possibility to close the gap a little bit, um, it was like yes and no. And so with that, it just came right through me where I was like, I understand like where you're coming from and why, you know, you don't feel like you can give more at this time. I just know that I can't continue on this way. Like something would have to change. And that's kind of, we, I think it was just like an unspoken understanding. I guess that that was my way of discontinuing it. So obviously I said it for a reason, you know, like no matter how much I question myself and think about doubting myself, it's like at the end of the day, I, I know myself, I trust myself a little bit more to know that that happened for a reason. I said it at that moment that way because I wasn't even planning on doing it. I think that, uh, the thing is too, like you didn't, yes, trust yourself and of course like think about you know, I, I always think that basically if there's an, even a moment of pause, then it's likely that you did what you were supposed to do. I mean, you have to be like real fast to do something that's not what you should be doing. Um, but I think that you also asked a question. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he ended as much as you ended it in yeah. the answer that he gave. Right. Um, he could have easily given another answer and you would have probably continued on. So... Although you asked the question, he answered it. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of a both of you telling each other um, you were on either side of the street and you were like, can you cross? And he said no. And you're like, I'm not going to stand in the middle of traffic. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stay on this side then and yeah, carry on living your life. Um, well, and that's the thing, too, is that like. It's easy to start talking to myself in a certain way to suppress it you know like suppress the feelings suppress the here we go the tears are already starting suppress the acknowledgement that it meant enough to be upset about because you know on paper it's like well it was only three months like 
you know, if you are discontinuing for the scarcity of connection, then like, what are you even holding on to? Um, but I think ultimately like the change in me now, when I start to think that is like, no, like it is okay to acknowledge that even though you had, I don't know how many times we hung out, but like in the course of three months, no, it wasn't every single day and no, it wasn't every single weekend. However, the times that we did spend together were always meaningful to me. And like, I never had a bad time basically. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the other side of it is like allowing myself to acknowledge that, yeah, even though it was only a short period of time, it's still okay to have attachment to it because it meant something and that's a good thing. So, you know, you didn't end on bad terms. The door is open for communication in the future if for whatever reason, but also there's, you know, there's a possibility that we don't. And I'm trying to, you know, channel what we talked about last week with the gratitude and and look for that. But this is the time I think that it's like, I'm going to let myself mourn, I guess you could say, because it feels like, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like, why can't I just, like we talked about last week, it's like, why can't I just have something work out? But the lessons are still yet to be found. So I'm just trying to stay curious and know that this is happening for a greater good. And it'll just take time for me to see it. Mm-hmm. I think this, uh, I understand the frustration, but I really feel like this was absolutely a test to be like, are you going to keep sacrificing yourself for people who are not giving as much as you give? And that is a pattern in romantic relationships, friendships, family relationships that you are consistently in and you consistently talk yourself into a position of justifying why you should try harder. And, um, you know, we said I said to you the other day, but with each of these relationships, you've learned to leave them sooner and sooner and not to continue. That's okay to initially want to give yourself. And and I think that's great. I think that you should in any relationship that's really healthy. Most people are giving their all and like really trying. Um, However, I think it's a remind yourself that like you you can grieve of course and mourn but I feel like it's more of a possibility of what could have been and the loss of having to go back out there and try again as opposed to what you were actually getting or what this person was actually providing mm-hmm. well that's the thing is like this it's times like this especially like at the ending of a relationship of some kind where I as I've gotten older and dated more I it's hard to delineate sometimes like what I'm doing out of fear, habit, or just comfortability as opposed to what is ultimately my destiny and doing things differently and not having any rules. So finding that middle ground and being able to know when is the right time, you can't really plan it. I mean, like I said, I I really just said it. I didn't even plan it. So Again, I have to kind of hang on to that. But um, but you're right. Like when I'm looking at the patterns of, of my relationships, it's usually like, well, if I just do this, then maybe they'll do more. Or maybe if I just prove myself worthy of, you know, more connection, more effort, then, then I'll get there. And I, I am super patient with people because that's 
also a hard line to toe because it's like, I want to be patient with people and allow them to discover themselves and learn about themselves. And it takes time, but not at the expense of me. So it's like, that's just hard for me to do, especially when I feel like when we are together, it's great. And maybe that's like what the breadcrumbs are that people talk about where Mm -hmm. I get just enough to make me feel like this has a lot of potential Mm -hmm. and I'm somebody who loves potential. I can see the potential in so many things and it's a really tough pill to swallow to know that you can't fall in love with the potential because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll be waiting around forever. Potential has to be a bonus, has to be every, as it stands now, I would be happy with this. And if anything changed, that would be an added bonus. Or if anything got better, great. But as it stands, as you are, this is, this is, I can do this. And that's the thing too, is like, I have to, like, I do appreciate this other person only because it's very easy, especially like talking to your friends or talking to people who maybe like don't really know the intricate parts of your life where you could tell them about a situation like this and it's super easy for people to project their own experiences, their own qualms with people and label this person as like, ugh, you know, like you're better off basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really truly don't feel that way about this person. Like I appreciate this person and respect the fact that he has been super open and honest. We both have with communication, with where we're coming from, how we look at relationships, all that stuff. So it's always been a topic of conversation. This wasn't like a surprise that he's not able to do this. But um, so that's just something I want to put out there to maybe like break that stigma of like toxic dating culture where it's like, well, if you don't live up to my needs, then you're not good enough. And it's not that at all. It's just we had a lot of fun together. We had great energy together. However, that doesn't always mean that you're obligated to make something that's just not going to work for Mm -hmm. both of you, you know? And it's also a very interesting time to be dating just because I think a lot of people our age are literally in the same boat of like breaking the norm and trying to do things their own way and living for themselves and maintaining their individuality. So when you have two people like that, it's like it takes a little bit more work to find like a common ground, you know, like when you're just meeting somebody, it's like, how do we compromise so that we can have a relationship but not lose ourselves, you know? And it's like, I think a lot of people are in self-preservation mode, myself included. So this is just like the tennis match I play in my head of like, (laughs) did I make the right decision? Yes, I did. But did I really? And, you know, that's just what's going on. I would say that, I mean, I know that it's not, it comes with its own faults as I mentioned before that I chronically do not ask myself those questions but as somebody who can speak from that end I would challenge you to instead of how I said last week for people to answer their questions if you're asking yourself why why me um, you're not that person who's not self-aware so I don't think I would tell you maybe don't even ask yourself like maybe don't even don't even go don't even go there it's not it don't even ask did I do it right Every time you ask yourself, did I make the right choice? Literally tell yourself, who fucking cares? Yeah. Who fucking cares? Over and over and over. Because the thing is that you could answer yourself differently 
every single time and nothing will change. Mm-hmm. Nothing about the past will change. Nothing about the future will change. You're just torturing yourself with questions that um, are never, it's it's what happened. Mm-hmm. So that's all that matters. Yeah. And, um, and that's like the building the trust within yourself is not just like, it's not, it's, it's seeing it as like, there is no point. There is no point. I can only think about how do you feel now and then as you gain some emotional clarity and some distance from it and you can look at it from a more outside perspective, you can learn from it. But like when you're still in the emotional part of it and like I said, if you – we've had this conversation before about other people where if a guy, a person, Mm because you know I I hope that you date a girl, but if a guy (laughs) – If there's any ladies out there. Me specifically, she's talking to me. Not- I don't have any other single friends. If you were dating somebody and they were fucking up repeatedly, but they were begging you to please, please just see it through. Please give them another chance. That's different than some... Then you can... And if you walked away still, you could ask yourself... I still wouldn't recommend it, but you could technically ask yourself, like, did I... If, if somebody is like, I am not willing to try, mm-hmm. then then there is no question on if you made right. the right choice or not. Like that's not even like right. way out of the ballpark. Because they kind of make the decision for me because it's right. like although they're not the ones executing the decision, I'm the one that is bold enough in that moment to be like fine, then like that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you know, that particular part of my interactions with people has become maybe what you could consider a trigger in a way maybe not a trigger but it's a boundary now that I've established because that is ultimately what was the ending of my relationship with seven which was as you all know like one of the most meaningful relationships of my life that was extremely hard to walk away from but that's what helped me decide okay then I know what I have to do because I'm not willing to sacrifice myself and especially like the other person's not happy either because like they're going through just as much turmoil knowing that they can't deliver what I'm asking for and then feeling really bad about it and that's Mm -hmm. not fair to be it doesn't even matter how much I tell them like it's fine it's fine like that's for them to work out and you know I have these moments of feeling bad for myself when I'm sad and it's like I just have like a graveyard of men behind me that have just all like been great in so many ways but are ultimately like I care about you but I just can't it's very burger I guess you could say from sex in the city I don't really I didn't follow that relationship to be honest but it was just very post-it like I'm sorry I can't and I've had to be the one to do it so you know I have a little temper tantrum here and there inside but um I think that that's just part of my coping process because it does get frustrating It, it gets frustrating because I it's like we're so close like we were just so close and you know it is what it is but the gratitude part of it now is that I can kind of wrap up a lot of old parts of my life in this apartment and love you thank you bless you and now we are on to the next and this is you know the situation with the house is just as meaningful you know like I I'm a cancer I take pride in my home I love cultivating a home And so I plan on spending a lot of energy and putting into that. So, you know, I'm excited. And it's all been, knock on wood, been going pretty smoothly. Yeah. Even the way that that kind of happened is really kind of funny because I was really very close to settling on an apartment that I did not like that was... Like to rent. Yeah. To make it clear, yeah. 
that was probably riddled with ghosts. Yeah, it was spirits. not. It was. It did not have good vibes. No good energy. And I almost did it just because, for the sake of the price, you know, like it's a fucking, it's a doggy dog world out there in real estate. Like you're either paying five hundred thousand dollars to live in an apartment or a house, or you just live outside. You don't live anywhere. Um, we were getting close to that, so you know. I have to thank my lucky stars that we have this to look forward to and to be continued. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely going to be a good. This is a very, very crucial step. And right now you are. I think that when we touch back on this and reflect on this in four months, your view of this time in your life, of the person that you were dating, of where you lived, of the feelings you're feeling will be drastically different oh i'm sure drastically 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 and vibrancy like, what is happening we've been combining we don't have time for words we need to combine them okay literally truly so yeah um that's just what's going on in this little old brain of mine but you know back to you kath let's, <laughs> let's talk about your brain where are we how um, are we feeling so i only have two modes where i'm either drowning in schoolwork and complaining that i'm busy and i have no time and like everything sucks <laughs> or my classes are too easy and I don't have enough time. And then when I have too much time on my hands, I get into trouble. Mm. And um, basically what happened was, and I know she won't listen to this, so I she won't feel bad. Um, you know, I, as I've talked about on the podcast before, I have uh, body dysmorphia. I have disordered eating patterns, disordered thought patterns, however you want to. I've had almost every... Um, type of eating disordered eating you can have other than true binge eating I don't think I ever really did that but um, everything else did it been there um, and I've I was around a friend of mine this week who was talking about how much weight she lost and how she did it and as I was saying to you earlier like the only way you can describe it is kind of like I am like an alcoholic who was at a bar and somebody was drinking a drink and I was kind of staring at the drink and I didn't have it but then when I left I just kept thinking about it and then I decided on my own I'll drink a little bit Mm -hmm. um so now I'm intermittent fasting and I know that it's possible to intermittent fast in a healthy way and that is what I'm trying to do that is my goal I am not trying to um deprive myself if anything it's kind of a challenge because you have it's the only diet where you have to eat a certain amount of calories kind of well sort of without counting like actual macronutrients and everything that which is like which is that's where you get into trouble those are the things that trigger me in the past. So, yeah, I'm thinking that, you know, although this is still um, giving myself rules around food, I always have rules around food. I They're just not known to everyone else. I just kind of do them myself. So doing this and knowing I can eat what I want, you know, within reason, um, in the windows that I am eating, that to me is more freeing than – it is almost – as somebody who's obsessed with control, that is uh, overwhelming to me when I can eat anything at any time. That's I'm vegetarian, which helps, but I still I thrive under rules. Um, so it's hard because again, it's really similar to 
it's kind of similar to like your friend who's an alcoholic, but they're like, I'm going to smoke weed now. And you're like, okay, maybe that could be fine. And it very well might be or it very well not might not. And I'm going to roll that dice and I'm going to find out. And I know some of you are probably like shaking your head like you're stupid. And some of you are like, good, I think that'll work. I live in a place mentally where I um, are used to for most of my life if depending on if I thought you would approve of some of what I was going to say or not depending on that would change if I would say it or not so if I thought that you would disapprove I just won't tell you mm-hmm. that doesn't change if I some people are like oh I didn't want people to be disappointed in me so I didn't I'm like oh no I'll still do it I just won't tell you right and that creates secrecy and shame which is what eating disorders thrive off of so I have to be I really didn't want to talk about this per se, but I have to. Well, and I think that's like the change though in us because like we are both people who we we toe the line of what we can handle and with the control and, and trying to be very conscious of our decisions. However, you know, we are both also in a time where we are kind of breaking out of the structures of society and what we are supposed to be doing. And if you say that you're intermittent fasting, then that means you have to follow these strict guidelines. But I think that there's a way I would like to think, cause I'm also trying it too, but not with food, but just, you know, keeping boundaries for myself. And I think with that, like if you can create guidelines for yourself that are not, like you said, depriving you completely or leaning towards an extreme that could be a slippery slope into a bad situation. We have to kind of make our own rules for ourselves. If this is what intermittent fasting means for you and this is how you structure it for yourself and you know where you're, you know, maybe more vulnerable, you're going to keep a little bit of a tighter rein, but also not completely get to a point where now you are the other extreme, you know, like of not having anything. Yeah. I need, um, I think that I can, and if I can't, I have to, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, but I think it's one of those things where you you can only build trust with yourself if you try, and um, if you don't allow yourself to try, you're not going to know, and I've gone through this before, and I've tried different types of exercise things and workouts and and um, diets and stuff and sometimes for one reason or another sometimes they trigger me sometimes I don't they don't make me happy for now I feel good about this and it feels like it's not a struggle like I'm not starving myself by any means I'm, I'm not sitting there wishing I could eat it's definitely making me much more conscious of my eating but it's not in an obsessive way um, and I think that it's we have to be realistic with ourselves of like yeah sure we should just we wish that we could just have these easy healthy relationships um with food with ourselves with our emotions but we don't and just ignoring that and then trying to live as somebody who is quote-unquote normal in those ways isn't going to work like you have to be realistic and meet yourself where you are And be like, no, like I'm never going to be someone who has a very, a quote unquote normal relationship with food. I'm not. I have to find what is the most healthy and acceptable and um, sustainable way to exist with these disorder Mm -hmm. thoughts. Um, I have to live in peace with them, not try to fight them off. It's never going to happen. Well, because it's the same 
as anything, it's so unique to every person. And a lot of people, I'm sure, probably don't even think about their relationship with food. And that even in and of itself makes everybody different because whether you realize it or not, everybody has certain habits about their eating that are not like everybody else. Or maybe they are, but it's like we don't all fit into one mold of how we should be eating, being healthy, whatever. You know, like you just do what is right for you and you know, being more aware of our tendencies and where we, we know that we can falter. It's like you said, like we, we will never know unless we try, but that's the difference is that we are no longer just blindly making decisions based off of what we think we should be doing. It's much more conscious and we're putting more thought into, okay, why am I doing this? Does this make me feel good afterwards? Really looking at the before, during and after of this whole process so that we can try to be careful, but not just lock ourselves into a box and never see the light of day. Yeah, like we have to find the middle ground of like, because as much as there's maybe people in real life that are going to tell you, no, that's not what you should do or that's not a good idea. They also don't hear the voice in your head saying that is what I should do. Mm -hmm. And that voice can be louder sometimes. And like sometimes there has to be a way to silence kind of everybody and put put everything into one. Just this is my decision. Mm -hmm. I choose my choice. Yeah. Um, Go Charlotte and just I choose my choice. Like, no, is it Carrie? I never. No, it's Charlotte. It is Charlotte. Okay. Um, Yeah. When she hangs up the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, like you have to just kind of take resolve in in if you decide something and you can actually tell yourself like for me like and for you that I these are my reasons logically why I think that this is good here's my acknowledgments of why it's maybe not I understand and then I here's the decision I've made and here's my case um that's all we can do mm-hmm. that that's that's the best case scenario and and like you said more than a lot of people are doing and Um, it's all that any of us can do really yeah and it applies to so many things because even just between the two of us like what you're saying about how you feel and what you're going through I relate to in a completely different way but it's still the same it's still trusting ourselves and you know something that I'm learning recently is the concept of coming home to ourselves which sounds like another like pop culture term in psychology but it's something that I'm starting to kind of think a little bit more about because that's ultimately where all of our decision making lies is within ourselves. What is, you know, I, this is like the pendulum again, where I'm like, I I don't want to self-preserve. I don't want to over self-preserve to spite myself, but I also want to experience life and try new things and try something differently. And even though I'm scared, but ultimately like coming back to myself is, always going to do me good it's always going to steer me in the direction that I'm supposed to be going in and I just have to trust that and it's not always going to be comfortable it's going to be painful at times and I can't even conceptualize like how many thoughts I can hold in my mind I'm just like is anyone else out there like are you guys all doing the same thing or am I just am I just a freak I don't know not everybody but some some people are um and that's the thing is like you'll never you'll never know you'll never know yeah (laughs) you'll never know um because I definitely I 
I don't think about a ton of things at once often. I think about one thing obsessively, mm. consistently. Yeah, same too. Exclusively. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of move on to the next. Or I'll have like a day of focusing on that. Um, but yeah, if anything, I have to like kind of shake myself out of like, I keep, I actually saw a TikTok the other day that it was a guy who was like on his phone. <laughs> He was in his house. He was on his phone and then he like threw his phone and he was like, I'm at work. Get off your phone. Stop being on your phone. You're working. And I was like, that's that's me. Where it's like, I'm not doing a bunch of things. I just keep going back to this one thing. And I'm like, stop it. Mm -hmm. Stop it. And I just, I can't. Well, I don't think that, I mean, we always say in order to get through past something, you have to go through it. What's the saying? Over. Over. To get over something, you have to go through right, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I think that's really, that's what that is. Is like, although it feels like we're obsessing, I mean, we have to process it. And like, I guess you know that's what just it what it is. it reminds me of? I haven't done a, my uh, any of my metaphors or analogies or anything this episode. So here's one to take with you. Um, if you're not, anyone who has a baby or has been around a baby knows this, but when babies go through milestone stages where they have to learn like they naturally instinctively are going to learn to crawl at this time walk at this time talk at this time whatever it is usually the worst is standing when they learn to stand because what happens is their brain makes them do it all the time even when they're sleeping I don't know if you know this if a baby is sleeping and they're learning to stand in their sleep they will pull themselves up and then they're standing there like zombies in the crib and they collapse and they do it over and over and then sometimes they come to it's the worst hmm. it's the worst but they have to keep doing it even when they're tired even when they're whatever your brain's like you must learn this mm-hmm. over do it again and they're going through these tiny little like drill sergeant phases of learning to do these things and that's kind of what we're doing and you can't try to make them not they have to do it there is no stopping them and I think it's kind of the same mentality of how we have to look at ourselves you probably didn't know where I was going with that did you that's how we have to look at ourselves like if there's something that we keep coming back to as long as it's not like kill yourself kill others or like some kind of intrusive thought Mm -hmm. um then like sit with it and and just let it be or it's just going to keep bothering you yeah I guess like when I'm kind of like in a spiral and I'm feeling bad for myself feeling sad for myself The other thing that I try to tell myself as an outside party is to just remind myself that it's very admirable of both of us and anyone out there who's trying to do the work that although we keep getting hit over and over and over again, we are still willing and not even just brave enough, but we're just willing to keep putting ourselves out there because we know that there is a purpose to it. Or maybe we don't even know that, but we're still just willing to to try I think that is a testament to the goodness within us that we don't really see when we're questioning our decisions and wondering if we're doing the right thing. It's like if we're still willing to try, I think that's that's good enough. I mean, what else can you ask for? Yeah. So I agree. All right. Well, well. hopefully, I mean, if y'all if you've been feeling weighed down by any of the plants in retrograde, maybe your chart recharge them. Like we said, all depends on where they're placed in your chart. Um, I would say because we are not astrologers and we're, and I especially am like in not a mental state to explain anything, Google it, take a look at what, uh, maybe look up your birth chart. You can type in if, as long as you know what time and where in the world you were born, you can get a free one online and then take a look at where the planets were when you were born, where they are now, what planets are where, and that'll give you an idea of how it's going to impact you personally. 
But if you've been feeling overall like maybe life just feels different and you're trying, it's not just you. We're all going through it. And I hope that you at least found some solace in knowing that like we're we're dying with you. We're we're dying we're and crying together. and trying with you. Truly. Um, so with that, I think, you know, let's let's do some digging. Let's try to find some diamonds in the rough here because I mean, I feel I feel like the I feel like I got out what I wanted to get out. I'm feeling not completely exercised of the demons, but at least I talked about it because I haven't really talked about it this whole week. Yeah, no, same. Um, It's probably for the best. Yeah. Well, I do want to start off with my diamond because it just came to me. We didn't even address the fact that so Katie and I are both wearing (laughs) you have to go to our Instagram to see it, but we're both wearing um, the same but different shirts. I guess Etsy was having a moment because, well, also that you, me, and Ray were having a moment on Etsy where we were all buying each other birthday gifts. And because we're just so in tune with each other, we all got each other basically the same thing in different versions. So Katie and I are both wearing t-shirts that are like vintage style. They're like cool, but they're like things that we love. Like Katie's wearing Patrick Swayze. I'm wearing the movie Scream. They are both black. They are in the same font. Yep. They are almost identical colors. Yep. I don't know if they were made by the same Etsy seller, Probably. but um, yeah, I think Ray got Ray got these for both. Ray. No, I got. Well, I I was buying Ray a scream related gift, and I saw this, and I said, I want oh. that for me. So like, oh, that's even funnier. I didn't realize. I thought Ray <laughs> bought that for you nope. as well. Okay, that's even funnier. All right, and. And we're both wearing them, so we look yep. like we're um, in some sort of a band together, or or, or a weird club, work for the same place, yeah, something. Um, but no, can't say it's like a flattering look, but I will say it's a diamond because I showed up and <laughs> I just fell to the ground almost laughing because I was like, "What are the fucking odds?" Thank God, in the last minute, I put sneakers on because we almost were in the same shoes yep. too. We got black biker shorts on. Yep. I almost didn't wear this shirt today. Thank God, I had to put my hair up last minute. That wouldn't have helped either. So we're just like best friends. Cool, you know? yeah, and sink in Potico. Yeah, Potico. Um, so my diamond is going to sound, it's going to sound bleak if you haven't heard of it. Um, it's called it's a book called I'm Glad My Mom Died, mm-hmm. and it's by Jeanette McCurdy. Uh, and it's she was uh she was on iCarl iCarly she was the other girl basically I didn't watch iCarly because we I was, were like 35 <laughs> when it came out so. we were a little too old but we um but if you're familiar like if you saw her you would recognize mm-hmm. her she's been she was like a Disney star and she's been around uh and basically her mom was a narcissist who it's very interesting to read as a fellow child of a nurse of a narcissist because she kind of I I sometimes wonder like had I not started rebelling and had I just continued to try to please my mom and be what she wanted me to be what would have happened and I pretty much read this book and that's probably what would have happened and it's not good um it turns into extremely controlling manipulative smothering overwhelming behavior that can also then not unlike Regina George and like my mom and people I've dealt with uh high highs and then they can turn on you and they are telling you that you are trash you're dead to them they're gonna scum of the earth scum of the earth like you're a slut you're a whore or whatever um you know all those loving things so and it you know there's a lot that goes into the her mom also kind of not kind of her mom 100% is to cost her eating disorder controlled it enforced it um it was like it was really seeing like 
she really wanted to please her mom. So even in her head when she was screaming, like, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I hate you. Uh, she'd be like, okay, yes, mommy. And like, that's something that I am coming to terms with the fact that I, um, experience the same thing. Yeah. And that, and that although this is extreme, it's not unlike I think what would have happened and kind of the role that my sister plays of, um, doing absolutely everything and anything that they want you to do and therefore you are favorited you are cherished but if you ever ever step out of line you will feel the wrath maybe even worse than than somebody else Mm -hmm. um so I think it's very um although it's like kind of a you know there's some levity to it but it's 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 a good it's a lot of it's a heavy book but it's also written really well and very digestible and not super overwhelming and um i just think it's if anyone who has a difficult relationship with a parent or a narcissist especially a parent though mm-hmm. i think i think this book is yeah really well, it, really helpful it blew up when it came out and it's um I remember hearing about it and having no idea what it was about. Just based off the title, you would think, like, who fucking knows? Yeah. Yeah. But when I found out what it was, it just kind of reinforced, you know, what you're doing here on the podcast and what I've noticed more and more people coming out and doing, which is speaking out again, well, against their parents because yeah. of the abuse and emotional, physical repercussions of being the child of a narcissist. And it's like, because I think that's the thing with family. It's everyone is like, you just are loyal to your family no matter what. But, you know, you're here to say not always. Right. And that and people assume like if your parents aren't physically hitting you or like chaining you up or, or starving you, that they're not um, that that behavior, then then everything else should be forgiven. And that is absolutely not the case. Uh, just because it's not as bad as some doesn't mean that it's acceptable or okay. So it definitely, every time I read about anything that's normalizing, even if it's more extreme than what I experienced, um, it, it almost makes you feel like, wow, that's how things could have gone. And although I'm in a place now where I have no relationship with my family, um, it's, I would still prefer that than 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 living in it yeah then yeah for sure yeah well you know this is what we're here to do we're here to talk about the good the bad the ugly the sad and you know just the in-between so hopefully you guys are able to check in on yourselves thank you for checking in on us we're probably nobody ever has but but we appreciate metaphor right (laughs) mentally no we we appreciate that you probably are thinking about us we appreciate it in the way that you are so nonverbal out there with your reviews that's how much we appreciate your you guys think that we have like an unspoken thing like you guys like we don't even need to say it because we just know and we do so thank you we do we're delusional but we know um so if you do change your mind though and you do want to like say something physically just like as a little bit like if you're like oh katie Christina link do seem down maybe this would cheer them up it would so you could make sure you rate subscribe and review on apple Podcasts and spotify and spy tunes um five star reviews just just click the five stars it's all you could say a word if you wanted to you could also follow us on instagram and tiktok at we don't know her pod make sure you do it this week of all weeks because because oh we look like fucking morons we do if you just want to see us just to be like look at these idiots <laughs> um do that whatever that's what they do anyway yeah so all right well we'll see you on the next one peace bye